Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. I'm glad you joined us today. You know, when we started this podcast, my goal was to share some of the best excerpts from my leadership trainings, and I thought a few friends and team members would listen in each week. But our listener base continues to grow, and we're grateful this podcast has become a regular weekly stop for thousands of people who want to make good use of their time and listen while they're driving, exercising, or at home preparing for their day. And I hope today you'll hear something that can help you get a better view of your place in the world and how you can live to your potential. And when you're done listening today, if you find some good ideas here, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you automatically get the next podcast as it's released each week. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about the principle of you've been prepared. Shortly before midnight on December 30th, 2019, the International Society for Infectious Diseases posted an alarming report online. A number of people in Wuhan, in central China, had been diagnosed with unexplained pneumonia. Chinese researchers soon identified 41 hospitalized patients with the disease, and most had visited the Wuhan South China seafood market where vendors sold live wild animals from bamboo rats to ostriches in crowded stalls. And that raised concerns that the virus might have leapt from an animal, possibly a bat, to humans. After isolating the virus from patients, on January 10th, Chinese scientists posted online the genetic sequence of the virus and called it COVID-19. With that posting, a number of scientists in the U.S. immediately got to work. How? Well, they were creating a vaccine. They didn't need the virus itself to create the vaccine. They just needed the genetic sequence. And this told the scientists what chemicals to put together in what order. Now, what the world didn't know at the time was that several scientists at two companies in particular had already researched and tested a new delivery system for a coronavirus vaccine. And it had already been tested and proven. And they were prepared just for this day. They had been in the depths of this research and testing for decades, and their journey is quite remarkable. Catalan Corico grew up the daughter of a butcher in a small town in Hungary. And her father was a butcher, and this caused her to be fascinated with how living things work. As she started in higher ed, she chose to study biology, and it was during her undergraduate studies that she learned about messenger RNA. Now, she continued to study mRNA throughout her PhD and postgraduate work. She was just obsessed with it. And in her words, if DNA makes up the letters of life, RNA creates the words and ultimately the sentences. You see, in the natural world, The body relies on millions of tiny proteins to keep itself alive and healthy, and it uses mRNA to tell cells which proteins to make. And if you could design your own mRNA, you could, in theory, hijack that process and create any protein you want. For example, you could instruct your cells to make proteins that were antibodies to vaccinate against infection, or enzymes to reverse a rare disease, 
or growth agents to mend a damaged heart tissue, for example. Well, Carrico became convinced that messenger RNA could be used to help the body create its own proteins to treat disease. But as she started her pioneering work with mRNA, she hit one roadblock after another. You see, mRNA is unstable, and it didn't last long in the human body. And she was searching for an answer when, in 1989, she moved to the University of Pennsylvania to continue her studies. There, she labored for years testing and retesting her theories, mostly without success. Then, one day, she met an immunologist named Drew Weissman, and the two teamed up, and together they found a breakthrough. Weissman had figured out how to encase mRNA in a fat bubble, making it strong enough to last in the body, yet attractive to the immune system. And as a result, their research started to speed up. They developed vaccines for influenza, HIV, hepatitis, and Zika, and all were nearly 100% effective in lab animals. In 2005, nearly 16 years after she came to the University of Pennsylvania, Carrico and Weissman published their research. In 2013, Carrico joined two scientists who had formed a company called BioNTech to further the development of the technology. So, in January 2020, two weeks after China published the genetic sequence for COVID-19, Carrico had a vaccine prepared for the new coronavirus. BioNTech knew they needed help to scale the tests and vaccine production. And they'd already spoken to Pfizer about teaming up for a flu vaccine, so they partnered up and got started. And Pfizer took the reins of the project, calling it Project Light Speed. You see, as the second largest pharmaceutical company in the world, Pfizer was capable of scaling better than any company. And this meant building a new formulation suite and manufacturing capabilities in less than 100 days. They had to arrange shipping systems, preservation, and methods to get all their supply partners on the same page and do that very quickly. Now, one of the biggest challenges was raw materials. There was really no reliable supplier for the key cationic lipid used in the vaccine. So they had to gear up to make it themselves. And to do that, they turned to Melissa French, a 27-year employee of Pfizer and mother of four, was prepared to do exactly that. For decades in various roles at Pfizer, she had met and worked with scores of colleagues. So she could reach across departments and divisions to get action when others couldn't. The result was raw material production of the lipid nanoparticles got done as did many other critical processes to launch the vaccine. Carrico, Wiseman, Pfizer, and Melissa French were prepared with decades of capability building behind them. And more importantly, they knew their preparation was for a purpose. And their attitude was light speed. They seized the moment and went to work. Now, I call this the prepared view the view in which you trust you are ready and know your time has come. Emerson said, people only see what they are prepared to see. Well, Carrico and others had a prepared view that they could test and manufacture this vaccine. And they weren't alone. 
1997, another scientist, Dr. Barney Graham, became the deputy director of the Vaccine Research Center of the U.S. National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases. For over 20 years, he labored on vaccines. He and a postdoctoral fellow figured out a way to target a protein before it attaches to cells. And to test his theories, a company called Moderna, which was working on mRNA vaccines, they teamed up to test and research with him. And the results were astonishing. The combination of gram science and the mRNA delivery system boosted the immune response in people by more than tenfold over Graham's previous efforts. Well, in the meantime, a PhD graduate from the University of North Carolina named Kismekia Corbett began applying the very same technology towards coronaviruses. And by 2019, she and her colleagues had figured out how to design a spike protein, the part of the virus that attaches to a healthy cell, in such a way that the immune system would trigger maximum response. So when the first reports of the new coronavirus emerged from China, Graham and Corbett were confident the technique would work on COVID-19. Corbett said, all of that knowledge culminated to the point where we said, okay, we know how to design a really good vaccine because we've been doing it for six years. And all we need is the genetic code for COVID-19. You see, the fastest any earlier vaccine had been developed was four years. That was for the mumps in the 1960s. But the technology they developed went to the FDA, got approval, and to market in less than 12 months. Now, whether you've been vaccinated or not, feel that vaccines are safe or not, agree with the political views on the subject or not, isn't the point of this story. Here is the point. Isn't it remarkable? even incredible, that these two groups of scientists and companies had already tested and proven the mRNA vaccine just at the time that COVID-19 came about? It's as if they were especially prepared for just a moment as this. Now, personally, I don't think it's by chance they were ready to go. I believe that they were inspired and prepared, and the world has been blessed by their preparation. And the same goes for you. You may not be in the business of life-saving vaccines, but you are in the business of life-changing effort. And I believe that you have also been prepared, that there are times in your life in which you have been both inspired and prepared to do something necessary and remarkable. Samuel Taylor Coldridge said, he who is best prepared can best serve his moment of inspiration. So, this leads us to two questions. Is this your moment of inspiration? And do you have a prepared view? A prepared view isn't automatic and not everyone has it. You see, we get blinded by the day-to-day -day, and as a result, we aren't watching or inspired when the need or opportunity arises. Perhaps it's because of boredom or doubt or the lack of vision. When inspired moments come their way to act, Sometimes we don't act. But if we could open our eyes and see that life has been preparing us for this very day today, that all the work and experience we've gathered over the years has set us up to seize the moment, to be inspired to act, this change of view will and can help us do amazing things. Consider this. 
In addition to Moderna and Pfizer, there are dozens of companies who have been working for years in the mRNA vaccine research space. These include Arcturus Therapeutics, AstraZeneca, Translate Bio, and others, and all have experience creating vaccines using mRNA in one way or another. Some have vaccines in various stages, but none have yet to seize the day in the same way as Pfizer or Moderna. In a news headline a few months ago about the Arcturus COVID-19 vaccine, the headline read, Arcturus, developing a COVID-19 vaccine, but too little, too late. You see, sometimes in life we tend to bring too little, too late to the party. And it's not always because we can't, but it's because we don't see or seize the opportunity. A few years ago, I was talking with a business owner who was in the thick of a lot of thin things. And for years, she'd been going about her business and life doing the same thing, often without obvious progress. And she faced the prospect of a new year and renewing her goals, and she was just weary and tired. And this weariness led her to the conclusion that nothing great would ever come her way. In her words, she was stuck, uninspired. She saw other people who seemed to have breakthrough moments in their life, but she couldn't seem to break through to the type of person and business she was capable of building. As we talked, I asked her if she could go back and start over, what would she do different? Well, she had a list of items that she quickly and eagerly listed. She said, I wouldn't have wasted so much time in this area or with this person, and I would have focused almost exclusively on this type of finding customers, and her list of things kept going. And the more she talked, the more you could see she was prepared. She had so much knowledge and understanding as a result of her years of work. And she knew personally and from experience what to do and what not to do. She was prepared like no other to rise and flourish in her business. So I asked her, what's different today than when you started? And she said, well, the need for what I'm doing has grown. There's more demand and more people want what I have to offer them. And I'm better than I was when I started, she thought. And then she finally said, so what's holding me back? And I asked her, what do you think? She then said, my view. And she was right. Everything was waiting for her to switch her belief window to, I am prepared. I am ready for just a moment as this. And I can seize today and act with urgency. You know, recent research published in Neuroscience News shows that two people experience the same thing and have completely different memories or view of the experience. Now, why is that? Well, here's what the research said. Perception is strongly affected by what we've experienced in the past and our expectations of what we might experience in the future. In short, I believe you are prepared to do great things. And experiences you've had and skills you've gained and efforts you've made need not be wasted if you get the right view. You see, they've prepared you for this day, for this year, but your view, your perception of what is ready to happen can make all the difference. As Shakespeare wrote in Henry V, 
All things are ready if our mind be so. The great thing about a prepared view is that it removes doubt. You see, Shakespeare also said, Our doubts are traitors and cause us to miss the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. In my experience, we are often prepared, prepared exactly to take on the opportunity or contribute to the cause at hand, but our doubts and habits prevent us from stepping up to put our preparation to work. So, let your preparation and let your experience stir your confidence. And let that confidence lead you to take advantage of the next opportunity to bring your boldest self to your biggest challenges. Now, no doubt that things are prepared for you. I believe they are. On a New Year's Day several years ago, Dorothy Fletcher was on a flight from Manchester, England, to attend her daughter's wedding in Florida. And partway into the flight, she started having a terrible pain in her back, across her chest, and down her arm. And what Dorothy soon realized was she was having a heart attack. Now, in the last three years, 920 people showed symptoms of heart problems during an airplane flight. And of those, 162 were admitted to the hospital after landing, 38 suffered cardiac arrest on the airplane, and 31 died. So, having a heart attack while on board a plane is serious, and the best treatment for these symptoms is early intervention. When Dorothy notified the flight attendant, she was already in trouble and the plane was hours from any airport. So the flight attendant got on the PA system and put out a call for help. She said, is there a doctor on board the plane? If so, will you please ring your flight attendant button? Immediately, a series of beeps ensued and 15 people stood up. Now, unbeknownst to Dorothy and the flight attendant, There was a heart disease research conference being held in Orlando, and the plane was filled with cardiologists en route to the conference. All of the doctors came to Dorothy's aid. At one point in time, Dorothy's condition became gravely serious, and the doctors used an IV from an onboard medical kit and administered life-saving care to keep her alive. Now, the plane was diverted to North Carolina, where Dorothy would spend two days in intensive care, But luckily, she survived and still made it to her daughter's wedding. Don't ever doubt that things have been ordered and prepared for you. You know, in the Old Testament, Elisha, the prophet of Israel, is with his assistant. During the night, the soldiers of Syria surround them. And in the morning when they awake, the assistant cries to Elisha, Alas, master, what shall we do? But Elisha has a prepared view. He understands, and he says back to his assistant, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. But the assistant doesn't get it. He doesn't see. So Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about. In short, there was a host of angels with horses and chariots behind them. Now, I believe if we could see things as they really are, we would see that we have more going for us than we usually think. We have help and preparation and ability and support. Don't doubt your preparation. If you're going to doubt anything, doubt your doubts. 
But don't doubt that you may have been brought to the place that you are for just a time as this. Even if it feels like you're not making much progress towards your goals this year or your business or your habits, don't doubt. There is more with you than you think. So how do you get this prepared view in your life? Well, consider the rule of reappraisal. Listen to Justin Barrasso talk about the rule of reappraisal. He says, as a young man, many years ago, I embarked on a major undertaking. I began learning Tagalog, my father's native language. It was exciting and rewarding to learn a new language, especially one that taught me so much about my father's culture and my own roots. But it was also extremely frustrating because as hard as I worked, I couldn't always express myself the way I wanted. The words I needed often seemed to be just beyond my grasp, and my grammar was full of mistakes. After one especially challenging day, I broke down in frustration to a close friend, and he told me something I've never forgotten. His advice is what I refer to today as the rule of reappraisal. When you feel discouraged and doubt, don't focus on what you have ahead of you. Instead, look back on what you've already accomplished. This pearl of wisdom helped me to change my perspective. Learning a language is a never-ending journey, even for native speakers, so focusing on the path ahead can sometimes be self-defeating. After all, there will always be more to learn. But what happened when I took a look behind? Well, just a few years before, I could barely say a few words in Tagalog. Now I could hold a full conversation, and I could enjoy Filipino movies and humor. I even took a trip to the Philippines by myself, which turned out to be a life-changing experience. But most importantly, I could communicate with my dad in the language of his heart. With a single shift of perspective, my entire attitude towards learning Tagalog changed, and frustration became contentment, and disappointment turned into gratitude. So whenever I feel unproductive or stuck in a rut or afraid I won't manage what's ahead, I remind myself, don't focus exclusively on the path ahead. Look back at what you've already accomplished. You see, when you look at your preparation and what has led you to the place where you are today, you see so many things that have made a difference in your life and you gain confidence and you lose your doubt. The rule of reappraisal empowers you to open your eyes, shift your perspective, and your attitude. The journey ahead will still be long and difficult, but you will see how you are prepared. So if you want your confidence back, learn this lesson of reappraisal. It will fill you with gratitude for your preparation, experience, and faith to move forward. By the way, what's the definition of reappraisal? To reevaluate the significance of something, an assessment of something or someone again, but in a different way. So when you reappraise, you take another look, you place value on where you've been. When you open your eyes this way, it changes you. Now remember, someone else is dreaming of the things you take for granted. And this perspective turns what you have into enough. You see, when we're grateful for what we have, for our preparation, it helps us focus on keeping our confidence and keeping our positivity about us. Trust me, we're all human. We all worry about the task ahead of us. 
And it's okay to have a meltdown and wish things were different. Just don't unpack and set up shop there. Cry it out and then remember that you've been prepared. Return to your confidence and take the opportunity at hand and go. Let me give you a simple example. Right now, think about the way you are prepared for your challenges at hand. Really, just take a minute and list the ways in your mind that you're prepared. I mean, really think about it. For example, if you're a mom raising challenging kids, you know them better than any other person. You, you know how to reach them. They love you and trust you. And you are better prepared than anyone else to reach them and influence them. The same goes if you're a leader of the team. You likely have their trust and you've seen what works and what doesn't. You're prepared. And by the time you're done with this type of reappraising, you'll have a new view. As you reappraise your preparation, you'll feel different and confident about your ability to move forward. And the truth is, you are prepared. And when you're prepared, you can work miracles. Now, despite its name, Guadalcanal is not a canal. It's an island and part of the larger Solomon Islands in the southwestern Pacific. It's about 2,000 square miles, And in the months following the attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941, the Japanese took control of Guadalcanal and began building an airfield on the island. Now, this was of significant concern because from this distance, the Japanese could attack Australia. So, in August of 1942, the United States Marines took control of the island and started a six-month battle with the Japanese who refused to leave. Serving on the island was Frederick Gehring, a Navy chaplain. And a few years after his ordination as a priest in 1930, Gehring was assigned to missions in China, where he ran orphanages for children. There he learned Mandarin Chinese and became familiar with working with native cultures. Then, in 1942, Gehring was assigned to Guadalcanal. A number of missionaries had been trapped when Japanese took control of the island, and Gehring Using his language and cultural understanding, he persuaded native scouts to help him, making several trips behind enemy lines to rescue the missionaries. Gehring would go on to receive numerous citations for his bravery and skill in helping the Marines. During his service on Guadalcanal, one day the Marines brought a six-year-old girl they had found to Gehring for care. She had been beaten and bayoneted and was suffering from malaria. Gehring nursed the girl back to life. She reminded him of the orphans he cared for in China, so he had great affinity for her. And he spoke to her in Mandarin, what he thought was her native language, and she would acknowledge him, indicating that she understood, but he could never get her to speak. Now, Gehring felt impressed to name her Patsy Lee. He called her White Blossom, Pai Tai Lee in Chinese. And he did all he could to hide the war from the child. He cared for her, brought her back to health. And when the Marines had firm control of the island, Patsy was then flown to an orphanage run by nuns on Espirito Santo Island. Well, eight years later, Gehring and others would pay to have Patsy brought to the U.S. They helped her get an education. Well, in the meantime, a New York Times reporter wrote a few stories about Patsy Lee, an orphan from the war. Coincidentally, those stories were read by Catherine Lee, 
a medical researcher in Manhattan. Now, her sister was now living in Singapore, but was living in Malaysia during the war. And at that time, she fled with her two daughters on a ship. And that ship was sunk by the Japanese. And when the ship was sunk in the water, Mrs. Lee put her five-year-old daughter on a piece of wreckage and tried unsuccessfully to save her other child. Mrs. Lee was picked up by the Japanese, and she believed that both her children were dead. Now, from New York, Catherine felt impressed to reach out to her sister because the name of her sister's daughter who was lost was Patsy Lee. But it would be impossible, right? If the young girl found by the Marines was the same girl that was lost at sea. The first question to answer was, how did the child end up 4,000 miles away in Guadalcanal? And how would Chaplain Gehring name her the same name of the child that was lost? But Catherine was struck, impressed by the coincidence of it all, and sent the story clippings to her sister. Well, one thing led to another, and her sister would travel to, find, and verify that the girl Patsy Lee was, in fact, her daughter. How did the girl end up in the care of Chaplain Gehring? No one knows. But consider this, that he was prepared for this miracle. He was prepared with the skills to speak the Chinese language. He had knowledge of how to care for orphans. He was in tune enough to bring her to the United States and of the mindset to name her the exact same name that she was given as a baby. Chaplain Gehring would later write a book about her. He would name the book The Child of Miracles. Now, I'll bet that if Patsy had been found by anyone other than Chaplain Gehring, she would not live in the United States, would not have an education, and would not have met her birth mother again. He was especially prepared and inspired to bring about this miracle for Patsy Lee. The same goes for you. I'll bet that if anyone else were placed in the situation that you were in today, they would not be as prepared. Miracles are in store for you because of your preparation. Now, perhaps as a mom, you're facing unique challenges with your kids. You've been prepared. Perhaps your business is stalled and you need to get a new team or reinvigorate your existing team. Don't doubt. You're prepared. Maybe you've set a New Year's goal, and that's challenging and hard for you right now. And a few weeks into the year, you haven't done that well. Don't doubt. You've been prepared. There's more with you than you think. You can stick to the diet. Do what you've decided to do. You're prepared for such a time as this. So, as we end today, remember, you've been prepared. Seize the day. Like Catalan Carrico, you've been prepared to help other people. Like Dorothy Fletcher, when you launch into your flight or life's journey, there will be prepared assistance to help you. Have faith. Those that be with you are greater than the forces against you. And take a reappraisal of your life and your preparation. You'll soon open your eyes and see things differently. And remember the lesson from Reverend Gehring. When you use your preparation in the service of others, you will do miraculous things. And I'm certain 
there's a bright future in store for you because you've been prepared. Well, thanks for being here today. We'll talk about the next steps to opening your eyes in our next podcast. And I look forward to being with you again soon.